Welcome to the Michael Yu Podcast. It is our anniversary pod, our one-year anniversary. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> we have a very special guest, our very first guest, Amanda Lehman Choi. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. And first of all, congratulations. One full year. I know. We made it for a full year, which is... Commitment. Yeah, it is commitment, um, which is uh, my middle name. <laughs> but, you know, it's really funny. I'll just tell you guys a quick story before we get started. We... Um, MacGyvered this podcast because our podcast equipment like it is one year old and it just decided to retire on us and it revolted so our podcast equipment actually went down in a heap of flames so we're doing this on voice memo on my phone which is pretty cool yeah it's yeah. kind of like gorilla style yeah I feel, <laughs> I feel like an like underground like we're an underground band like jazz band and I feel a little bit like MacGyver figuring this thing out, don't you? Yeah, well, that's kind of how the whole process has been. Yeah. So how has been the whole process of, you know, so Ace has actually, so Ace, Amanda Lehman Choi, we call her Ace of the Office, she's been uh, editing and doing a lot of the behind-the-scenes producing of the pod. So how's that whole process been? It's been fun, actually. Um, I enjoy listening to them, first of all, and it's been interesting also hearing everyone's stories and kind of finding, hearing the little connections between people and the similarities and differences. Um, but yeah, it's always, every time I do it, I feel like there's some kind of curveball or something that I'm like, oh, how do I do this? Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of how things always are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think when you're, uh, like, I love learning new things and I feel like, um, you know, there's a sense of adventure. There's a sense of like, uh, there's just, it's just really fun to, to do these things and I'm the type of person well, I've learned to be the type of person to just like go for it as opposed to like doing all this preparation background work and then you don't even know if you're gonna even like it does that kind of make yeah that? for sure so um, even just with this I'm like ooh, how am I going to edit this from a voice recording it's like figuring it out as you go but <laughs> yeah. that's what makes it fun and obviously we we're trying to keep up with our Friday once a week deadline so mm. kind of gives it a little bit of pressure and you know makes it fun too yeah so there's this um so there's this company motto that uh, i don't know if i've talked told this on the pod before but there's this company motto that facebook has do you know what it is no so facebook's number one core value is to go fast and break things so that's their number one core value that's their motto that's like their values that they have as a company is to mm -hmm. go fast and break things and i kind of um you know think about <laughs> this pod as like us being like let's start a pod like I remember uh, when we first got started doing the pod um, it was just like okay let's start do a pod and then I googled like podcast equipment and yeah. then I went to Amazon and I bought like two mics and the setup for it yeah. Well, we might have to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> we, but it's, yeah, I wonder what happened to that stuff. It just, you know, I think everything's meant to be because I don't think we actually got a very good setup. Yeah. So maybe it's just. And anyone who's listening, I'm sure you've uh, noticed that every pod sounds a little different. Yeah. Um, so we have been just playing around with different rooms, different places to record, different ways of setting up. Um, because, you know, the sound quality isn't perfect yet. It's still a work in process. Right. So um, this will just be step two in the process and hopefully it gets better. Yeah, you know, well, I think if you want to listen to an hour-long pod about sound quality, so <laughs> <laughs> we should continue on this train. But you know what? We're just, it's been a wild ride, this pod, actually. And now just kind of 
being the one year anniversary, I'm being reminiscent of kind of like doing something different and doing something in the creative space, which is something that, um, you know, I think from a, as a business person, I don't get to do as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It's, it's been like, it's been really good. Yeah. yeah and I feel like for you, you, you know, obviously you're an entrepreneur and you know, a lot of Oakwood has been your vision, but at the same time, I feel like you probably have to do things that aren't don't necessarily feel like yours all the time. Right. So it's kind of nice, I think, for you being able to have this pod where it's just kind of a creative space where you can kind of just do it how you want. And yeah, I, I imagine that this is probably a little bit of a departure from, you know, some of the other things you do. Yeah, I think it's a you know it's funny because it's an exercise for you to almost if you're like I'm a I'm an extrovert and so sometimes ideas come to me as I'm talking and having conversations with people so Mm. I've like you know I've had so many like awesome revelations with guests on the Mm -hmm. show like just in in their perspectives of things and as I'm kind of verbalizing uh, my own thoughts and I re-listen to some of the pods um you know it, it actually like it, it brings some good ideas so I don't like if, if if some of the people that are listening want to start a pod I would actually highly suggest doing it even if you have like we have thousands and millions of listeners so <laughs> you know basically like uh, you know I get but it, it's a good it's just even a, almost like a journalizing it's a good exercise to kind of just um, to, to do to to like to have a bit of to just explore ideas a little bit in you know almost like a journal yeah kind of like a journal like do you have a journal no you do i know yeah <laughs> i do have a journal so um i basically um so i think i've shared it on the pod a few times there's a book um it's called a bullet journal and uh basically it's a journal that you instead of kind of writing things long form like you would write oh um like a long form journal you would write like you know like dear diary i you know today today, is thursday the 22nd 22nd of whatever and like it was a fantastic i had a i did a pod with amanda she was looking a little awkward she sat really weird today (laughs) (laughs) you know wasn't really you know i I wasn't really too pleased with her behavior (laughs) and like a note to self uh, you know, really consider her. <laughs> just like, <laughs> no, like it would just be a short form. It would be like, it would be like, no, podcast with Amanda, awkward today, like <laughs> sitting in weird position. It would be like, pop, 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 pop. And it yeah. just kind of serves as a reminder yeah. you know, of things. I don't know. Like, I think it's, a, that's a good, it's a good thing to do. I actually bought a special, it's called a, it's called a standard issue notebook. So you can actually buy them on Amazon or you can find them at I find them at a stationery store in uh, in Vancouver it's kind of like a utilitarian looking mm-hmm. journal and uh, like um, and, and that's where I journal because I find it kind of vintage because I'm hipster like that so <laughs> <laughs> so Ace uh, so, yeah share a little bit I would love to you know this is an anniversary pod and if you guys don't remember our, our, our initial pod we had was kind of all over the place which, and I really got to get to know Amanda a little bit better so tell me about 2019 Amanda 2019 I want to know yeah I mean it, it is crazy that that was a year ago because in some ways it feels like a really long time ago right and in other ways 
I can't believe it's been a year because it's gone by so fast. But um, I feel like, yeah, a lot's probably changed around the office. Um, I feel like even just my role and my position in the company has changed quite a bit and the things that I focus on, right? Um, which is more towards the community and the marketing aspect of Oakwin, okay. which has been, you know, a, a great journey. And I'm working closer with, um, there's any, for anyone who's new to the pod, there are three owners of um, Oakwin, Michael, Morgan Brown, and Arlene. And I've been working closer with Morgan, so that's been a new experience and a fun journey as well. Mm-hmm. And um, she's had a um, a crazy year as well. So she had a baby and yeah. you know, like lots of changes. And Oakwind has just continued to expand and get bigger and change and kind of take some risks and some step forward. So that's, you know, just kind of like what we were talking about with the podcast. We've been kind of figuring things out and learning a lot of lessons. So... Um, the company as a whole has just again as always taken mm-hmm. more steps forward which has been yeah um quick but exciting right so so what part of the you know so amanda is in a new role so she's really focusing on the marketing and communications of of the company which is like a huge pillar for for uh for brokerage especially in our brokerage um and also um you know with community uh, type of activity so lots of event planning and a lot of that type of thing so um, like what what it, what like turns your crank what are you the most excited about in the in that role that you're in right now I mean I, I had been doing events even back when I was conveyancing mm-hmm. um, so events isn't something necessarily new to me however um, the level that we've been taking them is new so we've been really focusing on it and really trying to build the community. I remember actually I said this in our last pod, which was a year ago, mm-hmm. create like two of our core values, innovative service and creating community. Those are really hard to do when you're expanding so much and right. definitely a challenge. So focusing on that and building our ability to connect with our people while expanding and not just in numbers of people, but also in in geographically as well um obviously not having just everyone in the same office hanging out but having offices over different cities right is um definitely a new challenge for that and being able to you know communicate to all of these people who are you know entrepreneurs and trying themselves to communicate and build their network and Mm -hmm. there's just so much nowadays in it being 2019 with social media and so much clickbait and advertisements and you know instagram insta stories just everything like flashing at you it's very hard to hold on to someone's attention and actually communicate an idea so our theme of the year being human connection i think is a huge huge pillar of what i've been thinking about Mm -hmm. and focusing on right because when you have that true connection in those big moments i think that's what to answer your question turns my crank mm-hmm. um you know especially at our events and seeing people stand up and share a story or mm-hmm. stand up for themselves and um you know connecting with others is really been i think probably the highlight of the year for me anyways right mm-hmm. especially you know you you mentioned a couple things so with marketing um it's it's a fine line you know just and 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 I'm sure uh, Amanda has a lot of insight on the marketing and and the platforms, you know, to gain to gain attention to get people's attention now, 
is um, you know without and, and still staying true to, to, to the company and the values of the company is is something that is you know it, it's it's a big challenge so mm-hmm. like what did you guys do this year from a marketing perspective to kind of um, you know because I think we've gained a lot of followers this year on, on our social platforms and we have a lot of eyeballs looking and views uh, are up for a lot of our stuff which mm-hmm. I'm so excited about I think our last video has 16,000 plus views and uh, our last uh, we had a podcast with Nima um, who was the uh, uh, kind of our director and uh, videographer. videographer for uh, for the last commercial we have and you know I think that the, the commercials only been out for a short period of time but we had a really good response with so like what are the so what's your what's your process look like when you're coming up with ideas or you're thinking about certain things with um with marketing yeah so one big thing that i really um kind of made it a made a point with is that i didn't want to use for photography for example i didn't want to use stock photography Hmm. um we wanted things to be original Right. And we didn't want to just do cookie cutter videos either. Right. Um, so not just with Nima, but even with our longtime, um, the longtime social media company that we've, and marketing company that we've worked with, Antisocial. Right. Uh, we really pushed ourselves and them and Nima as well out of our mm-hmm. comfort zones and just trying to do things that are actually trying to be original. Yeah. Um, and you know originality when everyone's creating content is so hard but what we really wanted to do is just kind of think about what's important Mm -hmm. or what we're really trying to communicate at the core and um, Morgan Brown who um, kind of helps lead lead our marketing she um, I think is just one of the most and you can speak for this too one of the most inspired and excited people that I know right and when we see things um you know Morgan and I are constantly texting each other all day or sending DMing each other random little things or cool ideas or just fun things that people are doing that are seem really authentic yeah and thinking about how this applies to Oakwind or something that we're really trying to get across right now how is the best way to do it so we just kind of sit down and think about different ideas and creative um, and messaging that just kind of really evokes the type of emotion that we want. Yeah. So, for example, with, you know, just our aesthetic right now, we're really trying to just hone in on a couple strong ideas. Right now, we're really trying to highlight diversity, for example. Right. And so we're just trying to put that in all of our copy, our images, our overall structure of how do we build connection and diversity at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's just something that we're really playing on. And it's just, we're doing it in trying to gather different people's perspectives, right. trying to use different buzzwords, just trying to always change and, and flip things around. A little right. while ago, we were doing community and collaboration, and I think we really drove those points home. Yeah. And then as soon as we did, we're like, okay, we're done with C, move on with D, diversity. <laughs> <laughs> diversity and development. Okay. So that's what yeah. we're moving into right now. And the next one is going to be elephants. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, you know, there's a bit of... I don't know why, but in my mind, when I think of um, diversity and um, community, like there, I don't know why. In my mind, like, they they should be together, but then in my mind, there there there's there's also a dichotomy towards them. Yeah. So like, 
you know, trying to display that idea in a certain way where, you know, um, where it's, it kind of hits home with, with people that, you know, there's strength and diversity. It's kind of a, like a, I know it's, it's maybe a bit like, uh, I don't know what, how to, how to put it in such a way, but like, um, I feel like even though outwardly a lot of people are open-minded, there's internally some resistance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's internally some resistance um, to that open-mindedness. And, you know, even though everyone kind of says, oh, you know, I love the, you know, I love, for example, we, we did a big thing for uh, for Pride, for, for gay Pride. Like, you know, I don't, I, I hope, I hope it goes all the way down to the bone marrow with these individuals and not just something, you know, that's good for business and as, as a show. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's a careful balance of a, like being really, truly authentic about um like what you believe in um uh, as a company or as a as an individual and like i'm so glad we're doing diversity because um you know we have a very large like so we can talk a little bit about pride and and kind of what it means to to each of us so what like what does the what does pride mean to you I think the thing that I'm most proud of of myself as a person is being Mm open-minded and you know I've always and I said this in in our last pod I've always been open to different types of groups of people right um not even just you know racially or sexually like in the way that we sometimes categorize people but just even in their interests Mm -hmm. and positions in life like I have a lot of friends that are very left and I also have people in my life that are very very right right and I've always been able to politically yeah yeah. So, yeah and I've always been able to you know find ways to connect and talk to all of them it's mm-hmm. more, more about you know someone's sense of humor and who they are so with with pride um it, it is something that is kind of uh quite near and dear to me and a lot of people in our brokerage as well just because I think that it's all about you know embracing embracing diversity embracing who you are and what you yourself feel in your soul Mm -hmm. to me it's it's you know like kind of celebrating not just things that are external but like the deep core of who you are and what you relate to and what you desire and love and you know um so that has always rung a very beautiful sentiment to my heart anyways right um so to me that's what it's about and and not just like feeling it internally but putting it out there and just being like this is who I am or not even who I am, but I support anyone who, you know, has these, has kind of a, has felt maybe ostracized or different Mm -hmm. or alienated or just kind of the other, um, in what we consider mainstream, um, appropriate kind of roles or, you know, men like women or women like, you know what I mean? Just like these, these, um, kind of, outdated ideas of who people should be instead mm-hmm. of embracing who they are yeah um and to me that's what pride is about and right. hopefully you know that's going to become more and more open and um embraced and uh loved and accepted not just in this city which is you know quite open in my opinion right. anyways but you know across the world mm-hmm. yeah i think you know uh for, from from my from my perspective it's um I, I grew up with um, a couple really, really important people in my life, um, and it's, yeah, so, uh, not to get too, well, we can get personal, it's a pod. <laughs> so, like, um, my two 
uncles, so Frank and Lloyd. Um, my dad's Frank is my dad's younger brother, and um, you know they come from, you know they're immigrants here. Like my uncle Frank was an immigrant here, and um, I remember when he would you know he would take me to the pride parade he would take me to um you know take me out for lunches and and really help me he helped me actually a lot in my life but uh, i remember when he told me the story of him coming out um you know to family and friends and the type of um the type of violence and um you know discrimination and like hurt that he faced by by doing that was you know as a young as a young kid was really uh impactful to me i thought that it was totally unfair that he was a very good man and um he did so much for me in my life in terms of teaching me um, he taught me a lot about business and and ethics and life and you know um, yeah, and so, especially after my dad died, he really took a really big role in guiding me to actually do a business and do something, try to, try to do, do more. And I remember him taking me to Pride, him and Lloyd. So Frank and Lloyd took me to Pride when I was probably like eight or nine years old. And Lloyd is from a, a small town in Nova Scotia. And he told me about, you know, what happened in his life as well. You know, the pain and the suffering and the the hurt that, uh, and the reason why it's important to, to celebrate um, pride and to be out in the open because it teaches future generations um, to not allow this kind of violence and, and discrimination to actually happen. And, you know, I think if I didn't have that influence at a very young age, it would have shaped me in, in a you know, real negative way. So I, I know how important it is to, um, you know, just for me personally, that that's a big, uh, you know, it, it's a really important thing that we did in the company. And I was mm -hmm. so glad that, um, you know, Ace and Morgan and the team really, um, you know, really went after, you know, like just want to be like kind of really forward thinking, um, you know, a traditional real estate brokerage to kind of really embrace that side of it. And I think, um, you know, it's weird. Do you ever think about, I don't know if you, like a lot of business people do this. I don't know if you do this or in your life, like, do you ever think about you doing something to make your dad proud or to make like your mom proud or someone that's important to you proud? Yeah, for sure. I, I don't, I've sometimes considered myself a selfish person, to be honest, um, in terms of, you know, the things I tend to pursue in life and the way I, I, I'm not someone who is always, you know, checking in with my parents every day. And, right. you know, I, I definitely, I think, live for myself. Um, but at the end of the day, so much of what I do, I think, is to make my parents proud. And, mm. you know, when you, when you do it, and you know it's even just little things of I think the thing that I want to do most in life I think is try to make my dad proud and he always says oh, I'm getting emotional he always says that 
that he is proud of me, but wow, I'm like so, so lame right now. I can't believe I'm crying, but, <laughs> but, uh, he always says that he's proud of me, but I think that that is something that we as people for some reason need, you know, and I think it makes you feel good about yourself when you really make someone you love proud of you genuinely and not just like, oh, I'm glad she's doing well, but like, it, it's a different kind of feeling than them just being happy for you but them really feeling like they impacted you and you're doing something for them as well you know to in honor of them helping you and supporting you and I feel like you probably feel like that with with your uncle when you do something like that when you're like you know he he's happy of me doing whatever I want and you know supporting whatever I want but when you actually do something that is to honor that I think is a amazing feeling and it's one of those things that make you really feel like you're doing the right thing in life what's what's the most important thing that your dad taught you um I think he's someone who um is just so open to people and he doesn't put himself on any he's an opinionated person but he's he's someone who can really connect to people um, doesn't matter who they are or where they came from and I think he taught me a lot about learning and just embracing um, people in life and trying to make the most of it and not let you know stereotypes or being afraid hold you back um, even just him immigrating to Canada and helping his family come over and you know he has a huge sense of community mm-hmm. um, and in a pretty predominantly white um, city in Leduc, was where I was. I'm from. He right. he, you know, was such good friends with all these old farmers, and I just think he always looked so funny being mixed in with them because he's the opposite of a, you know, old white yeah. farmer. He's very very like he doesn't even mow the lawn. You know, right. like he's, he's a different kind of guy in that way. But he's just always been a someone who's able to just talk to people and not judge or worry about you know talking to them before talking to them just being like able to connect so what what was the instance where your dad like well, i want to hear the story behind what your dad said to you because that's something that's you know from an asian background i don't think my mom or my parents have ever said they were proud of me like <laughs> and so did he actually verbally communicated that to you yeah. Like, well, I want to hear the story of that. He's not he's not someone who I would ever consider a traditional you know he, traditional Chinese person in the way he thinks or okay. he just he's always just supported me whether it was figure skating, art, whatever. He really just wanted me to be who I am and I I think I really um did that. But at the same time, I think he's so pleased that I ended up going in a slightly more business direction in okay. the end right. and and in real estate as well like he loves talking about the market he loves talking about real estate okay. he loves you know talking about those kinds of things right and I think it is quite interesting that even though I was going in this very you know kind of artsy way that I ended up being in an industry that he just like loves to talk about and you know and and kind of being more businessy but there were so many times along the way where he's always, whether I drew him a picture or whatever, he's always said that he's proud of me. Hmm. And, you know, there isn't one moment in time that even stands out, but 
you know, I, I think I say to him, are you proud? Are you proud? <laughs> and he's like, I'm always proud of you. Like, whenever I do something that I know he'll like. Right. But there are definitely, I think, some things that I feel like he feels probably more proud of than others. Yeah. But he's just, you know, I, I, I really have to say I have a great, I have great parents. Mm-hmm. My mom, too. She's always been right. open to whatever. And, you know, there's always moments where you're worried about disappointing them, but mm-hmm. I've never really felt that. I think I'm very fortunate in that way. Well, you mentioned that you, you know, you had this art focus, that you had an athletic focus, then an art focus, and then now into, like, a commerce or business focus. And I find, uh, you know, that's almost your advantage. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny, like, I think about, like, because I, I, I love origin stories, and I think you probably have heard through the pod, because I ask a lot of people their origin stories, because mm-hmm. I find it very interesting where people come from, and how that impacts, you know, their trajectory moving forward, mm-hmm. and actually after the pod, <laughs> Ace and I did, and she talked about how art was something that was um, a big part of it, um, then I noticed more, of, you know, that she was really interested in aesthetics and other things, and I was like, oh, um, I maybe, you know, I think we had some really good conversations about, you know, um, what you wanted to focus on at the company. And I thought that that was like a perfect blend, you know, of um, so someone that I feel like people that are good with athletics are like disciplined. They're, you know, they uh, take they're good at potentially like have have good skills in taking in like in um, you know, in like, you know, making sure that you're on practice on time, they're a bit more disciplined, yeah. they, they're goal oriented, they're like, they're getting ready for an event, they got to make sure these things are done, like they got, mm-hmm. um, they understand that there's performance aspects that people are watching them, you know, in, in some ways. And then, you know, and then going into the art realm, you know, uh, you know, that creative eye, you know, the aesthetics, the, um, you know, what's going to uh, spur emotion when when something visual or uh, something's being communicated and I feel like you know that was something I was like man there's not a lot of and I, I'm a huge proponent like utilizing your strengths and mm-hmm. a lot of the strengths have been kind of geared toward as you're growing up the things that you're doing so mm-hmm. you know obviously applying those things to what you're doing now like how do you think you apply like what you learned in school and those things to what you're you know what you're doing now? for sure I think the biggest thing I learned at um you know going to art school is the ability to um, communicate more than anything. It, it really is not just creating art, but being able to talk about it in a respectful, educated, um, thoughtful manner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of my job is giving feedback or setting direction or, you know, communicating what we, what we envision. And without those communication skills that I got from school... Um, I don't know if I'd be able to, you know, tell a graphic designer or a videographer or photographer what we want in a way that's a little easier for them to, you know, come out winning on. So, you know, those skills and then also being able to provide constructive feedback um, is extremely difficult if you're, if you don't, you know, maybe have the vernacular to do so or just Mm -hmm. 
and, and understanding artistic temperament is huge too. Right. So coming from that community, I think, um, is really helpful. Even though you know it's commercial photography, commercial pho- commercial graphic design, commercial you know, commercial videography, yes, it still is art, and it still is um, people really putting themselves out there and their ideas and creativity right. and. Um, you know, even though sometimes it's, you know, down to business (laughs) and, you know, you have to be pretty direct at the same time, understanding that personality type and those values and ideas I think is really important. And with skating, you know, like I do consider myself a pretty disciplined person. I, I think I definitely have fun and I'm pretty free spirited, free spirited, but when it comes to getting a lot of stuff done and making sure that it's executed as best we can. I think that that has really like everything you said, okay, this is going to happen. These eyes are going to be on. We really want these people to feel good about this. Right. How do we do it? Okay. Saturday morning, how should I, you know, what, or Friday morning, what should I do to make sure that the eve evening event on Friday goes well yeah you know just all of those little things in this in the week before month before how do we best plan prepare all of those things the same as you know preparing for a huge competition and all of mm-hmm. the sometimes self-discipline right. and sometimes self-sacrifice that goes along with that of just making sure that you know everything is going to be done well and that everyone knows what to do everyone is feeling confident and you know at the end of the day no matter what people go away and be like oh that was good mm-hmm. i think the sales kickoff is is the hardest event that we do that's our right. january award ceremony yeah. and there's a lot of speeches lots of slideshow visuals and obviously just even the food and beverage mm-hmm. and the event is um you know kind of like a huge performance that we do for right. our community yeah, you know, we at Oakland we have a an event. It's called the and Ace was mentioning it, it's called the Sales Kickoff event, and um, you know I'm actually wanting to yeah as we expand and as we grow I want to make that a convention, so like, <laughs> like just to let you know yeah you know? <laughs> so you know so maybe um, Ace will be organizing a full convention like a few day convention where we have like it's a really great learning opportunity and where we obviously announce that we have different seminars and different uh you know breakaways and uh you know different kinds of things to make it a bit more um you know a bit more full and mm-hmm. you know where it's it's optional people can come and not come and you know they pick up their award there and stuff like that for the year if they've done well in the previous year and that's kind of um there's a not to bite off a Remax. It's like a Remax convention. There's a lot of conventions for real estate brokerages, mm-hmm. and I, I, uh, I haven't attended them, but I, I'm. We, we should probably sneak. You know what we should do? We should sneak into one of those <laughs> things because yeah. I always want to make things better. Mm-hmm. So I would go like you know I just want to see like I've seen some videos of how they do like their kind of highlight clip mm-hmm. of how they do it. I just want to like make it better, you know, and yeah. uh, and so that's kind of something interesting, um, but it's. It's fun to kind of think, you know, just to reverse a little bit back about origin um, and strengths and how to utilize those origin and strengths. Um, So, yeah, just in, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my friend Adam um, uh, at Happy Hour. We were crushing beers yesterday at Colony, Tapped Out Tuesdays. (laughs) If you want, like, anyways, (laughs) there's like a $3 beer, like $3 a pint. 
at uh, this place yeah. on Main and 13. So obviously, naturally, that's where I go. Michael loves the deal. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know, Michael loves the deal. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, like, thinking about that, we were talking about, like, we were talking about imagination. Mm-hmm. And he actually was mentioning my, like, because, you know, when you're a kid, you're like an athlete kid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like a fantasy nerd kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's weird. So, I have a really good imagination. Like, and you I do, feel, yeah. I feel like I have a very, very good imagination. Um, and I take joy in imagining things. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, and it's weird. So, because we're talking about you know some things for his business and some other cool stuff and like i was just like i you know and i just and he was talking about my imagination because i had like all these ideas and and he was like you have such a good imagination do you think it comes from when you were in that played dungeons and dragons and i was yeah. like and like my mind and something just like snapped off uh-huh. in my mind i was yeah. like what the so like like you know and I, i'm a, like i love it i love fantasy and i love fantasy now like yeah um you know, for, I still play Magic the Gathering. I'm going to today with my friends. Like after work today, we're gonna hang out at the Legion and uh-huh. <laughs> and play Magic and do some fantasy. And do you think yeah. that that also influenced your drive as well? Not just your ability to envision, but also like to make it happen. The process of doing so. So, so in Dungeons and Dragons and in gaming, like you, some people are video gamers. I'm not a video gamer. Um, there's questing there's like quests mm-hmm. there's like these like okay you're you know so a um you know like a like a being would come down and give you a quest you'd have to slay the dragon you'd have to save your father you'd have to um you know you'd have to like save the village mm-hmm. and you'd have to figure it out and you have to you know and so i think that there's love there's aspects of that and i feel like that has made me that has shaped me of course you know i think um you know i was so into fantasy like i used to go to the library i couldn't ever afford to buy the books when i was a kid but i used to like my brother and i used to go to the library and borrow like um the dungeon master's manual the the monster's manual and we actually used to transcribe because we couldn't we i think we were like we we were so cheap like (laughs) we just like transcribe the like the monsters into the like into uh, duotang papers and stuff yeah. like that. It was like insane. And, it's like <laughs> primitive pirating. Yeah, it's very primitive. <laughs> like it was, a, it was like the worst. Like there's no copy and pasting. It was like literally like the the yeah. monsters. It would be like the you know the you know the one eyed orb, and then like this was his stats, stats and stuff like that. And you know it was such a like it's such a formative age. And you know mm-hmm. we would play magic cards, and it would have like. Um, you'd imagine these battles of like elves and dwarves and um, like minotaurs and everything and just like and then the quest is to overcome another wizard and so it's kind of like yeah so there's there's some you know so I think it's process driven it's it's process driven um, because you have to like okay I have to jump over this so I can do this and all to get the goal yeah you know and you have to yeah so i think that that really because i i imagine a lot now mm-hmm. i i imagine all the time and it's funny because i was not only a fantasy kid i was also a fat kid <laughs> so and i'm still husky <laughs> and i feel like the 
because I have a bit of gluttony in me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, it is a seven deadly sin. But like, you know, and I was thinking like, why? Like, for example, the company we talk about, like Ace and I have had conversations like, do we need to grow? Like, why do we grow? And it, maybe it was just like, I'm enjoy like, I enjoy like the buffet life. Like, <laughs> like you know, and, and I'm not trying to say it from a greed perspective. Maybe that's just like, do you know what I mean? Does that kind of like Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. It's more about um, you are always looking for another level. You know? Yeah. It's... I was lucky, always looking for my next meal. <laughs> it's funny because you you're also someone who hates waste. Yeah. It's what you're notorious for hating waste and excess. Right. But at the same time you do have this affinity for gluttony. Yeah. I'll just go ahead and agree with you on right. that. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, just with 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 certain things you do like to you know, like having like, you know, not just one thing for dinner you know but like you know maybe like a couple of things to right. try or yeah you know maybe not one beer but, <laughs> yeah. but a couple maybe a scotch in there one no. more three dollar beer <laughs> but you know I you can't like lose money on this yeah you, you like trying things yeah yeah and and it's a kind of an interesting juxtaposition with also being like the <laughs> other side of it where you hate waste i think it's a bit of like nature and nurture um mm-hmm. I know the hate of waste came from my grandparents. My grandmother um, uh, was, you know, she's obviously a Depression era um, person, right? And mm-hmm. you do not like. I used to eat my toast on meat trays, on styrofoam meat trays, like plastic. Yeah. Uh, like you know. Is that hygienic? <laughs> no. Like I, yeah. used, no. we used to wash them and keep them, wow. and use them as our plates. And then when guests came, we used ceramic dishes mm-hmm. so like that's what i'm used to i'm used to we eat off of the ceramic we eat off of the meat trays yeah um and you know basically the you know the guests eat from the ceramics so <laughs> or the whatever it's just regular ikea ceramics but like yeah. you know that's the so there's elements of that and i think you know that that has shaped me a lot you know mm-hmm. and um you know, it's like, what kind of makes you cringe? Like, what makes you cringe? I also don't really love waste. Um, you know, when we were in your car one day and it was idling and, you know, Michael has a, um, what do you call those kind of cars? Electric car? Tesla? An electric yeah. car. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, oh, I was freaking out because, you know, it was just running. It was just idling. I'm like, oh, what? I always think, like, this is wasting gas. This is wasting gas. But didn't um having that was like a very a nice feeling but i think the things that make me cringe <laughs> i hate monotony mm. i really hate um i also hate um things that are really slow so i hate a monotonous slow talker is is kind of one of my pet peeves mm-hmm. and um i think it's one of the things i like about real estate and realtors is that they're very fast-paced talkers and there's always something new and it's just like yeah the industry itself is always changing and this company in particular is kind of a good community for me to be in Mm -hmm. um because yeah for some reason i just hate like uh, there's a uh a scene in hot a cat on a hot tin room where they're talking about um mendacity mendacity audacity no like 
um, things being mundane. Mundane. Yeah. 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 And how painful it is. And even though life is good, you have a beautiful wife, you're, you're rich, you know, da, 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 da. You know, it's just mundane. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the pace and the setting. They're living in the South. Like, I think it might be the South. I can't remember. But mm-hmm. just somewhere hot. And it's just like the same kind of mundane yeah. activities in day in, day out. And how... So you don't really like that Southern drawl <laughs> that like... You know, I, I did like the South, but there was just some... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a very... I like being around fast talkers. I yeah. like going to the next thing. Well, I like eating fast, talking fast, <laughs> walking fast. Yeah. It helps you escape from your mind. Yeah. <laughs> escape the madness anyways. Do you ever meditate? No. I find would it you, Would that stressful? just like be... Yeah. No, would that just be like... I like yoga, and I like... Okay. What do you like about yoga? Because I've learned a lot. Of I learned something from Pri what mm. yoga really is, but go on. <laughs> well, I'd rather hear from Pri. No, no, I think no, she no, knows no. more I want, than I me. I want to know so I can school you. <laughs> I, like, I like physically how it feels. Mm. Stretching. I think that feels good. Um, it's more the physical part that I like okay. about it than the mental. Right. But I do love it. I find it cathartic in so many ways. But I'm more interested to hear what Pri... Because she has great thoughts on it priya is michael's yeah beautiful lovely girlfriend yeah and it's you know we're not to talk about all our it's not dirty laundry so yeah so pre is my girlfriend she's she's awesome and she you know she teaches me something new almost every day she's reading a book it's called like the secret of all age, all the best secrets of all ages or something it's by manly hall it's a really cool book and but besides that she was talking so yoga like is actually a you know it's a very uh it's a it's a it's a spiritual type of um practice and it's about uh you know aligning so in hinduism they think of something called chakras you have like seven chakras um that and it's kind of opening up those chakras for you to be able to um be spiritual like kind of be spiritually awakened in such mm-hmm. a way and so a lot of people that do yoga aren't really kind of ready like spiritually to actually yeah. do the yoga where everyone's kind of doing this yoga life thing it's mm-hmm. become very different so she's like she was like saying oh i'm not ready for yoga yet and i was like you're not ready for yoga yet you're like you're woke she's like no I, I can't do a lot of things because it's opening those chakras and it's not right for me yet to do those things and i was yeah. like and I'm like, but yoga is like hot Bikram yoga. Like, like, <laughs> the class starts at 10 yeah, minutes. Exactly. <laughs> and she's like, no, it's like totally, it has a different definition. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, and so, and I know I, I, I've done a little bit of yoga and one of our agents in the office, his wife, uh, so Robin Barton, and we, d- we need to have Robin, we, yeah, yeah, Robin's yeah, got to get on the pod. I know. So Robin Barton, who's a good friend of ours, um, I don't want to hype him. But he's one of the funniest guys, if not the funniest guy I know. Um, and yeah, he uh, his wife's really into yoga, and he does a lot of yoga too. We've talked about it before too, but I, I we never really talked about it in that kind of spiritual sense. It's mm-hmm. always been about the physical, yeah, uh, which is um, you know which is which is different. But I've been trying to do a kind of a moment of silence every day. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call it a meditation because. <sighs> well, what does meditation mean to you? Yeah. Meditation to me has a bit of a it has a bit of a stigma to me right now because I think it's such a catch word mm-hmm. like uh, 
transcendental meditation and all these other kind yeah. of things and it kind of uh, it kind of for me it feels very like higher than or better than or like you you if you meditate you use like thou <laughs> yeah you use the word thou yeah like, and so and which it makes me uncomfortable a little bit so mm-hmm. I've kind of reframed it to like a moment of silence um, where every morning I'll just take a moment of silence to which can be a minute or it can be ten minutes where I kind of separate myself from my phone I sit in my chair at home like I have this pre it's actually pre's chair it's from I would never it's too expensive so I wouldn't buy it for myself <laughs> <laughs> it's from restoration hardware it mm. has a kind of this matte finish it was kind of and it has like this old woody feel to it yeah. and she bought like this ottoman and so uh, in the morning I actually do a moment of silence every day to kind of just um, and it, I, I don't want to even put a timer on it like I just you know I'm a so just to I don't know what it does for me it just but it gives me a lot of blissful feelings so there was a um, there's like this philosopher a modern day philosopher and I, t- I talked about on the pod um, with Ashley Smith um, sad guru and and yeah he was just talking about like the bliss of some quiet time mm-hmm. and um, yeah just yeah so I, you know I, I, I do that some you're things. someone who I imagine never feels anxiety. Have you ever had anxiety before? Or I'm, everyone feels anxious at one point or another in their life, but have you ever, you know, like, I, I think a lot of people, especially, I feel like more than ever, or maybe people are just more open to talk about it, I don't know, but I feel like a lot of people suffer from anxiety. Do you ever, do you think that you feel anxiety on a regular basis? Um, so... I feel like every we're all human beings. I think every human does feel some level of anxiety, and it mm-hmm. does have positive or negative impacts to them. Mostly negative, I would think. Yeah. Um, so I tried to understand the root of anxiety, mm-hmm. and um, it's we're so we're so lucky right now that we basically can find out the answers to everything like instantly. Yeah. That's weird. And so you can deep dive on anxiety and what it does to the body and and everything like that and. Um, so anxiety kind of if I was to define it would be like worry about the future mm-hmm. and like worry about the next steps mm-hmm. and worrying about things that are outside of your control yeah um, and you know you can try to it, so basically um, and I, I, I feel like there was I'm human so there was times where I did feel anxious mm-hmm. um, you find doing like meditation has helped what I find has helped me the most is, uh, and I, I, I don't, I don't think I'm very good, mm. <laughs> and I don't think I'm, I think everything that has happened so far in my life has been a total and utter like mind fuck. Sorry, no. <laughs> like like unbelievable adventure, and it's been so good, mm-hmm. and I cannot believe the life turned out as good as it turned out. Mm. So because of that, and it sounds like really weird or it sounds like I'm boasting or something yeah. like that, but like I don't really worry about things. I'm just happy that it's happening. Yeah. And I want to do everything I can to help and to continue to do it and to do those things. So like 
I'd be, and I always think kind of like what the worst case scenario would be because I have some pessimism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, so from an anxiety perspective, I, I don't really, I don't know. I, I, I think, I don't know if it was like a, like a moment of silence that kind of cured anxiety. I, I don't think there's a one-step mm. thing. Yeah. I think it's understanding what it is and like, I don't want to, I think the cure, well, I don't know. The cure to anxiety is probably being really grateful. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think being grateful is a cure to a lot of things. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I cannot believe, um, and, and I'm still like, you know, I hope that this is, you know, this is, doesn't come off as like show offy, but I can't believe what has happened. Like, I still can't believe how much our company has grown. I can't believe that I have my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe that I work with my brothers and sisters and mm-hmm. my friends. Mm-hmm. Can't believe we're doing a pod that actually people are listening to. We've had hundred plus people listening to every one of these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? Why? And yeah. you know, so <laughs> like, and that's my baseline. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, I don't know. That's kind of like I feel like that's the antithesis of anxiety is gratitude. Yeah. And so you know, if you. This world can either be full of joy or full of suffering, depending on how you perceive it. Yeah. And so, I don't think, I, I just don't, and I even think anxi- anxiety or the feelings of worry could be, could be joyful as well, because like, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's almost like your radar giving you like... And you care. And you yeah. care. It's yeah. like, oh, your radar telling mm-hmm. you, hey, like, be careful about these things. And it's almost like a premonition or an intuition to, yeah. to like, watch out for things. So you can almost take it as a joyful thing, mm-hmm. you know, if you were to use that. And maybe that's your, you know, if you have, if you're the type of person that has a lot of anxiety, that's like a special gift mm-hmm. that, you know, whatever you believe in, God, the universe, whatever, gave you. Mm-hmm. as like a, you have a more premonition than others yeah so that's your gift you yeah. know use the gift <laughs> i'm really glad that we we talked about that because um as i would say i'm someone who has you know known you for for for, for some time now and i've also seen kind of behind the curtain i've seen you and going through do- tons of different things i've seen you go through a lot of different emotions but i think like the thing that not only me but other people as well are most impressed by you is your ability just to be calm present you know not really letting all the things that are actually happening to you like affect you in that anxious kind of stressful anxiety driven way and I think that's what makes you able to do the things that you can do but I think it's something that maybe not everyone knows kind of like what's behind that they just think that Michael's okay with everything because he's good at it. But that's not actually the case at all. You know, it's it's an attitude, I think. Yeah, you know, I think with a lot of business people and with a lot of people that are in profession and, uh, you know, people that... They... They... Um, especially people that maybe have some giftings mm-hmm. um, you know they might not 
try to improve themselves in such a way that it's go- that they, that it's going to be effective, mm-hmm. as opposed to improving themselves. Like for example, I considered going to school for, because uh, I you know I considered going to like studies for, um, like to get an MBA or something like that mm-hmm. because I'm like I feel there are many times where I feel out of my gourd yeah <laughs> like i'm at an accountant's office and they talk to me about financial statements yeah. and i was like oh my gosh um i don't know what the heck they're talking about and i've been in many of these meetings many times ago and or i go to a lawyer's office and they're saying some things and i do not understand mm-hmm. and you know what's been really great and I think people are, you know, what's been really awesome is um, I've sought, I, I, I was thinking about taking an MBA, so I was thinking about going to law school, I was thinking about doing these other things. I really deeply considered them. Um, but then I was, you know, I, I, I put myself in a position where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to ask humbly these people for help and please teach me because mm-hmm. that's more effective for me versus kind of, going to this big school and getting a doctorate or getting some yeah. sort of thing and so now I'm certified yeah, now, I can yeah, exactly. sit in this meeting I deserve to be here right. I'm not an imposter yeah exactly yeah. so I just went so for, for example I didn't know how to read a financial statement up to like three or four years ago mm-hmm. so I asked my best friend Alfred can you teach me everything can you show me everything like when you're reading this what do you look at mm-hmm. and he actually s- sat beside me and he's younger than me <laughs> and he's like smarter than me and all these other things and he went line by line and he taught me uh, like what everything means yeah and which is like gonna sound really like oh my god right <laughs> like we're following like we're like we're good this guy like and he taught me exactly he told me everything like liability this is the definition of liability yeah because i learned the best by one-on-one shoulder-to-shoulder stuff mm-hmm. i don't learn best in a class you know where mm. I have homework and blah, like it just it like it causes me to like we talk about cringeworthy like that feels like cringy to me yeah and and so yeah I just asked him humbly and I and then I went you know, I wanted to learn more about taxes I went to like um, my accountant SC and I said I want to learn everything about personal taxes yeah and he like spent an hour or two hours with me teaching me about taxes and this was like when I was in my early twenties and I told him this is what happened to my family. I need to learn everything I can about taxes before I start making money. And he's yeah. like, you want to learn about taxes before you start making money? And People should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so he gave me like uh, everything he learned. So there's some things about, you know, um, and, and I feel like um, if I don't know it and which could cause a lot of anxiety to a lot you of people. You take responsibility. I try to, yeah, exactly. I tried to take responsibility for that and try to learn what I need to learn. Um, in the like the most direct line to get there with removing all like removing the ego aspects of it you know Mm -hmm. Um, because I feel like when you drop the ego I forget who it was it was Nietzsche or um, was it was it Carl Jung was it the ego ego and super ego yeah yeah Um, yeah, um, I always thought it was Carl Jung (laughs) I thought it was a Chinese guy well, but it's spelled. Yeah, it's spelled, it's spelled in a way that you yeah. would assume is yeah. K U N G. Yeah, it was yeah. Carl Jung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like Jung, but I was like, okay, he's 
so maybe I can relate to this guy. <laughs> and I saw the cover picture. I'm like, hey, I think he's German. Yeah. <laughs> is he German? He's I German, think so. Yeah. I or he's some so. sort of European. He, he yeah, I believe he's he is because he was with um, what's my brain is so numb right now, but he did work with um, the most famous psychiatrist. What's his name? Freud. Freud. Yeah, he did work with Freud, Sigmund and they're both. Freud. Yeah, they're both um, German. Yeah. Yeah. I don't actually agree. Like, I read a bunch of Sigmund Freud. I yeah. Don't, I, like his motivation, the Oedipus complex, like everything's yeah. based on sex. Like I feel as an oversimplified. Um, I I feel I don't know. What do you think? I agree. I think yeah. I think that can be an influencer or an influence in a lot of people, and can strongly shape, you know, kind of the, you know, sometimes the conscious and the subconscious of why we do things, why we want things. I think there's definitely influence in that, but I don't think it's everything. Yeah, the, it, and some it, people more than like, others too. Yeah, it's very. Um, I don't want to call it. Pr- uh, yeah, I don't want to call it primitive, but you know, I think that it's something to to try to drop your ego and like perception of yourself and yourself is mm. two different things, and you know, especially nowadays, I feel like social media has made people's egos even larger. Yeah, and yeah. hey, we all have an ego. Uh, and like I have an ego Ace has the biggest ego I've ever seen like, <laughs> she's so full of herself like, <laughs> like I've never actually met someone that was so like just infatuated with their own self and like and likes to flaunt it <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I think it's like dropping the ego and just mm. being like look like this is the reality and I do not know how to do this mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend that I know how to do this Yeah. so teach me mm-hmm. everything you know and let's figure it out right? Yeah. and um, so that that's a part of it so you know maybe it's weird to think this but I actually think that um, Ace, you and I and the rest of the team here we're just the, starting our journey we're just like in this super infancy stage mm-hmm. I, that's what I think I think we're you know without freaking people out or anything like that i feel like we're just just like like you know we're just like getting started we're doing the first few shovel strokes in the mine mm-hmm. like i'm not we're not in the we're not deep in this we're not spelunking yet <laughs> that's just like my yeah. frame of mind mm-hmm. and so um you know, right, I've been on this train lately and I've talked to, about this on the pod about like evolution and I know Ace is gonna thinking about going to school again, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not. I didn't actually apply, so I. Uh, that's actually a sad thing. Like a, a year ago, we talked about what my goal is, and yeah. I, I kind of decided not to go for it. Oh, at you this didn't. Point. Okay. Yeah. So. So that letter I wrote for you is just a waste. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, did I wrote a letter, right? Did I did I write a recommendation letter? Yeah, you did. It was really good, actually. It's really oh, yeah? good, actually. And you did it over the Christmas break, too. Um, but, yeah, I did do... I kind of changed my mind about it, which yeah? I think is okay as well. Right. But I also think that my journey of what I would want to study has maybe changed a bit as well. Okay. How um, so? I don't know. Like, I just... 
at this point, I don't think it's necessarily the right time. Okay. Um, I... I feel like the things that I would say as reasons why would kind of sound like excuses, but at the end of the day, it just, it just didn't feel right. Or I felt like I was pushing something maybe and not to, you know, blame or anything like that, but like going back to like making someone proud. I don't know if I was fully doing it for me necessarily Mm. or something I wanted to check off the list to kind of achieve that. Mm. And I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not going to go for, um, you know, my master's in something. Okay. I think I will at some point in my life. Um, but when I do so, like, for me, being in school is my favorite thing to do. Mm. I love being in school. Like, okay. we differ in that way. Um, but I want to really enjoy it and take pleasure in it. And obviously, it is something that's, you know, horrendously expensive. So if I am going to spend that money, you know, and also some of it is financial to be honest but um if I'm gonna do that I want to make sure that I'm able to really enjoy it and um yeah just you should ask that Scrooge boss of yours to like start (laughs) (laughs) but you know like to get your master's is is a is it's a huge expense for anybody you know it's it's very expensive and I just want to make sure if when I do so that I'm, I'm able to enjoy it a bit more than I than I would be if I do it now. I think that there would be probably a lot of stress on that. And I just feel like if I do it maybe in a couple of years when I have a little bit more, when I feel a little more confident about why I'm doing it, mm-hmm. you know, opposed to just you getting know, it done. I agree with you. I think, again, it's it's kind of you know, considering what people would think of you, you know, ego or like, you know, doing it for others and stuff like yeah. that. Um, you know, when you're, when you're pursuing education and one of the best things that I ever did, um, was take, I took a break after high school mm-hmm. to, I did not like, actually the goal was never, never to go back to school after I finished grade 12 and I got my, I don't want to say GED, but basically like I just, like I passed with like fifty percent <laughs> and out of high school, and I was like, my parents, everyone around me was like, "Go to school," and I was like, "No, I'm done school forever." <laughs> I was like, "I'm gonna have a grade twelve education. I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will figure it out. I'm gonna work. I'm, that's what yeah. you do when you're an adult. You work." Yeah. And I think I shared this on the pod. My dream was to, uh, which is funny, my dream was to work. So that I could move out of my parents' basement into my own basement suite with my friends. (laughs) So that was the glory. Yeah, the the glory. That was the goal. That was a big goal. And after a whole solid year of working, I was still unable to achieve the goal of being able to afford to move out on my own to live with my friends in a basement basement suite. suite. (laughs) And I was living in my mom's basement suite. So, (laughs) like, not my mom's basement suite, my mom's basement. And the goal was to move into a basement. Someone else's basement where I was paying rent for that basement with my friends and I still couldn't make it happen <laughs> but that was the goal and I took that time um to really like um you know it wasn't it wasn't intentional it wasn't purposeful so like I don't know do you believe in like destiny a little bit I mean I do and I don't I'm the type of person just when in terms of like believing in things I think anything's possible Mm -hmm. and certain things make sense to me like you could say you know reincarnation 
there there are aspects of it that make sense to me and there's also aspects of just being dead and you're gone that makes sense to me mm-hmm. the idea of heaven some of that makes sense to me you know like mm-hmm. all of those things like just in terms of what i believe in general i think i can follow a path of logic right or an argument or a idea but whether or not i truly truly like this is what it is yeah. like destiny is real destiny is not real sometimes i think this feels like destiny this feels like it could be an idea of right. des- what destiny is right and then there's moments where i'm like chaos also just totally makes sense and everything's random and who yeah. knows and you know what i mean and there's definitely and we've talked about destiny and things finding its way in purposeful you know collisions or yeah. or purposeful meetings or all of these little things happen to and there are definitely a lot of my life and things that make me do believe in destiny but I also think that you know there are also aspects of everything meaning nothing that also reign a lot of truth to me um but yeah there I do think that there's some things I'm like where it feels like destiny Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense because I, I'm on the same similar train as you. I can logically understand... Um, I can logically understand atheism, for example, of like, like no... Like, everything's all a random occurrence of scrambled cells and, you know, and um, I, can, I can understand it logically, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that from that perspective of like there's no such thing as destiny there's no such thing as meant to be it's just what it is mm-hmm. and i can understand that you know from a uh, a logical a logical uh, rational perspective mm-hmm. um you know if you know if we were to do these things then this is the outcome like with that kind of mm-hmm. uh, outline um but you know openly uh, i am a spiritual person so mm-hmm. um I do believe that there is intention and purpose. And it's weird because I kind of see it as evidenced in, like, nature and things yeah. like that. I'm like, well, like, you know, there's a symbiosis between bees and, and like, flowers. And, you know, there's, there's like, yeah. an ecosystem. Like, there's evaporation that sort of makes clouds and rains down. And there's, like, these ecosystems. So there's, yeah. like, to me, there's, like, a purpose and intention for all things yeah. um, on this planet. And mm-hmm. so... If that's the case and we're beings of the planet, then I have a purpose too. Like mm. what what kind of bee am I supposed to like what kind of bee am I supposed to be? Like yeah. what kind of plants am I supposed to pollinate? Whatever that is. You know, so I have to play a part in the in that ecosystem as well. Mm. Like I'm like and you know, you can talk about it in lessons through like um philosophical or spiritual teachings, mm-hmm. um, in like you know what's the role of man um, mm. in in the whole ecosystem of the world and the planet? Yeah. Why are we given the gifts of imagination and memory, and no other animals do have those things? Mm. And like, oh, like that's something, or is it because you know why? Like, why are these things happening, right? Mm-hmm. And and just trying to, you know, you know, and talking about taking that little bit of a break. I wasn't like purposefully, intentionally. Uh, philosophically trying to like figure out what I wanted yeah um, I was just like living life yeah these things started happening to me where I couldn't move out mm-hmm. I was like locked down it I just wasn't happening it wasn't happening I wasn't like um and I was just like being in a position where the like I was working at Subway Sandwiches 
Uh, again, I don't. It doesn't matter if I say Subway sandwiches or anything on the pod, is it? What's wrong with Subway? Okay, sandwiches? <laughs> I was working at Subway. That was my full time yeah. job. That was my job, <laughs> and I was working part time, full time at Subway and part time at Safeway as a cashier. I just couldn't get anywhere and I was just and my bosses were really mean and I was just I was like this is life mm. this is like this is my existence and it's gonna be this way unless I do something for the long term yeah so I spent a year doing that and you know you really got a taste of that I got a taste yeah. of that and mm-hmm. I was like you know this is gonna be my life I'm getting I, I, I was gaining a lot of weight um, and which is you know which is weird because um, I was eating it like at that time with Jared from Subway <laughs> I was out there and I was like, so everyone thought Subway was super healthy yeah and like we know a lot more about nutrition now than we did before but I used to think like sub sandwiches were healthy because mm-hmm. <laughs> Jared was yeah like Jared was up in my face yeah. <laughs> you so, were really buying oh like, I was yeah. buying into it yeah. I was like you know and so but anyways, like, eating sub sandwiches is healthy. Like, I can't believe I used to think that way. Anyways, so, yeah, just, like, some purposeful, like, you know. Um, so just being in a position where, um, you, you know, you just come to a realization that you're going to need this type of education. So, like, I wasn't really picky. Um, <laughs> so there is forms of destiny in it, in there. But I just... You know, I remember being so frustrated at work, and it was, this is it. I just lined up at Langara College, mm-hmm. uh, which is the local junior community college in Vancouver. It's mm. anyone can get in. If you have a high school diploma, you can get into the school. Mm. Um, universities in Vancouver uh, and in BC, if you want to get in, you have to go through entrance exams yeah. and all these other things. So this is like a local community college, yeah. junior college, and I just lined up at the registration office, and I just said, I need school. Yeah, <laughs> and like, I'm so just, thankful that people can do that people can do like yeah, yeah you know, here in vancouver like, in so, canada yeah can you imagine like i literally just lined up mm-hmm. and i said i need school and he's like you're very late for the registration i was like <laughs> i was like i just need to take classes can you give me some suggestions mm-hmm. and they just booked me into a bunch of classes and yeah. most of those classes were social science classes mm-hmm. so it was like pure chance yeah. pure chance political science anthropology um, like just because I think that these are the classes that had a lot of people in them and yeah. they had lots of spaces and stuff like that yeah. I didn't get in I, they could have put me in math and business I would have taken any school yeah. I was just like I need to I need to get smarter because I'm not smart I need yeah. to like get smarter hi I'm here to get smart <laughs> yeah, like, excuse me uh, <laughs> I'm here for the education. Yeah. I'm pretty dumb. Can you make me smarter? And like, I remember this. The yeah. registrar was just like, she's like, okay, well, uh, this one is uh, open. Yeah. This one's open. Yeah. And I just, I just took the classes. Yeah. And like, and I started like, you know, I was like, I was like, I need to get smarter. So, you know, I took those classes seriously, where I mm-hmm. never took school seriously before. If I didn't take that break, if I didn't take that gap, I would have just like. Like, yeah. And you know, not to be braggy or anything, but I got straight A's. Yeah. And I got, you know, I, I then I got into university. I went to UBC. Mm-hmm. Me. 
and like which I remember when I went to UBC the first time, I would see some people from my high school. They're like, "What are you doing here? How did you get yeah, here? Yeah, like, are you visiting friends?" Yeah. And I was like, "No, no, I attend school here. I, I'm a student. Yeah. <laughs> You're a student here. Like, yeah. are they letting anyone in here now?" <laughs> and so, like, it was one of those situations because I think that most people that would have met me when I was a teenager would not think that. I could have gone into university. But anyway, so like that's the thing. So I think when you're traversing through this decision as to which kind of school you want, like I think it, it's good to have a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Not to make lame excuses for your... Lack uh, of ambition. Lack of ambition. Yeah, yeah or not <laughs> accomplishing a goal. But yeah. that is... You know what, though? Like, who is the goal for and why is the goal there? Well, yeah, I think that that was probably a lot of it. And I think a lot of it, too, is just, you know, sometimes I I also feel that feeling of, like, being in a room and being like, okay, maybe if I had this this extra degree, my point will be made and heard. Uh, You know, like, kind of almost like, oh, I need this to be justified. You know, maybe to you. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. That's a joke. But, you know, like, I think, no, no. I think just honestly, like, sometimes when you have that extra credibility you feel more confident or you think you need that to feel you know what I mean just that your opinions matter more and that is you know so arbitrary in reality and um, I think that maybe my reasons for doing so weren't necessarily the best Mm -hmm. upon further review so you know and I I do love school so much that when I want to go when I want it to be a pleasure and I know when I it is a pleasure I get straight A's too like it's just easy right that's the, you know, it's because we're talking, we're, you know, this is an entrepreneurial company mm-hmm. and this is a pretty entrepreneurial podcast, right? So yeah. most of you that listen to the pod that I've, uh, that have texted me and like, Hey, that was a shitty pod today. Or <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome one today. Yeah. Um, so there's entrepreneurial education. I think there's corporate education. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're working for some big conglomeration or something like that, mm-hmm. they're going to want to see that you got your, um, you know, your bachelor at whatever institution and your master's at this one and your doctorate here and mm-hmm. that's going to help them to make a decision as to whether or not they select you mm-hmm. uh, but i think in entrepreneurialism it's really about the effect mm-hmm. that those educations have um and so i yeah so like to me it's just about impact like if mm-hmm. you said to me and you're like i think an art class is the like painting class is going to help me to be a better um like uh better at creative direction creative direction then you should do that because mm-hmm. that's going to have more positive effect mm-hmm. than if you did a bunch of courses on some other things so mm-hmm. um that's how i look at it so you know uh i you know i wanted to become a better public speaker mm-hmm. um because i felt that that was a weakness of mine and you know so i so, you know, I, I kind of did a lot of weird side classes. I think I could have, you know, probably taken a communications course in university and went through two years of that to just get that good ability to... to but instead, I kind of did a uh, kind of a did disparate... did improv. And, yeah, I did yeah. yeah, I took improv classes and um, I did a stand-up comedy class. I did Toastmasters for, you know, about a year. Um, I took voice lessons yeah. <laughs> and so like I tried to but those really are the hardest parts about public speaking to be honest it's not coming up with the ideas of what to say it's delivering them I mean, in my you... opinion for everyone's different but generally 
I think that's a huge part of it. Even just like the ability to, you know, when how many times are is there the speaker asks the crowd, does anyone have any questions? And I bet so many people have questions, but they're too afraid actually to ask the question because they'll have to public speak. Yeah, I think um, people. What I've learned something that like maybe a little secret of public speaking. Um, and I've talked about this on the pod potentially before. I, don't, I should stop saying that, hey? Like, every time I listen, I'm like, oh, I said this on the pod, and then I yeah. refer back. I, yeah. I should probably just say it, right? Yeah. Like, instead of... Anyways. Um, so, when you're public speaking, communication is not just the speaking. Communication... Speaking is a very small part of communication. Mm-hmm. It's the whole thing. It's how you walk up to the stage or how you present you're communicating at every moment mm-hmm. it's not just your physical words that you're saying it's mm-hmm. like how you deliver it everything is a part of it it's mm-hmm. the performance is not just the or it's it's not the it's not words. just speech writing it's not just speech writing yeah it's like the sentiment that you're emoting like when you were sharing the story about your dad being proud of you like you didn't really say a lot. Actually, it was a pretty shitty story, actually, like the verbal. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really say <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. yeah, you didn't say much, but then the tonality, the the pace, mm-hmm. the, you know. Honesty. The honesty, it was very, it like resonated, you know, with me. And I was, you know, just listening to how it was delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, it kind of, I hope that, you know, I, I get to see it in, in real life. There was a podcast with... Mike Tyson and Tony Robbins. Mm. So Tony Robbins uh, has a pod that I listen to all the time, and I, he was a big influence to me. And he, and Mike Tyson's talking about one of his mentors, and he's getting like this tough guy with this like tiny voice. I I can you know I can visual I can just see him and as he's talking, um, you know in my mind, and he was talking about his mentor Testamato, and he was getting very emotional. His voice was getting scratchy. He talked about <clears throat> his favorite pigeon that he had growing up, getting his head ripped off, and Aww. he was talking about some things, yeah, and about all the pain that he was he suffered through it, um, and yeah, and he got very emotional, and I was like, that, he's a what a wonderful public speaker, mm-hmm. you know, what a great, um, and so I think there's there's aspects of that, um, and I feel like. Yeah, that uh, that's like something that I I kind of learned that it's not just so. When I took the improv class, we did like mimic, uh, not mimic, uh, you know, miming. Yeah. We did like miming, so it'd be I'm like doing this hand motion, mm-hmm. wax on, wax yeah. off with Ace right now. We did miming and like how powerful that physical communication was, mm-hmm. and so there's like the physical, there's the audible, there's the emotion. Yeah. There's, you know, if you want to think, there's your spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's all on display. Yeah. And, you know, when you do those things, um, you can have the most beautiful speech in, the, like, well-written, fantastic delivery. And it's it would fall flat if it was being, like, read by you know a sh- kind of like a in, in a certain method in a certain method it wouldn't matter yeah like you know martin luther king's speech if you or you know like i have a dream it's a beautifully written speech however you know it's the delivery and it's the emotion it's the spirit it's mm-hmm. the 
honesty it's the uh it's the intelligence it's it's like the whole the delivery how he walks to the stage mm-hmm. like how he delivers the conviction like, the conviction and he's like punching the air he's like like i have a dream like mm-hmm. and so like this is like this is this he could have said like you know charlie chaplin has a amazing um monologue because charlie chaplin is known as a silent film actor mm-hmm. but he has this like <clears throat> monologue about mankind that is like if you watch that monologue it's just a it is so like well perfectly executed mm-hmm. you know and so just learning a little bit more about that you know and and trying to understand it better because people mm-hmm. i think just get really stuck on the audible the words mm-hmm. and but everything re- gets relayed you know and i was kind of thinking about it because there's so much physical aspects of um, communication even when we're doing this pod like I'm actually enjoying doing this pod right now because we're not tied to the mic mm-hmm. you know we're like yeah. doing this on so they, I think I mentioned this when we were guy over this is like voice memoed mm-hmm. so we're actually having a and I think that the tonality of it is a bit different because we're not like kind of hunched into the mic yeah do you know what I mean yeah so maybe we can fig- figure it out you know and maybe our you know the, it was a good thing that the that we had a meltdown yeah <laughs> right, yeah so yeah it's good it's it's destiny it's destiny well you know this pod is running long yeah. <laughs> so probably have, I don't I don't have an easy transition to just end it but is there anything you wanted to uh, kind of special notes or anything that you wanted to talk about Ace um, I think one thing that's important is just, you know, I said it at the beginning, but, you know, congratulate you for for doing it for a year, because I think one of the biggest, hardest things about entrepreneurship or starting something, whether it's, you know, a YouTube channel or a business or whatever, is keeping at it. And, you know, you've talked before about how consistency is key. And, you know, it's it's really great that this has been a year. I think you've been able to touch and meet a lot of people. And I'm hoping, you know, people have enjoyed it and learned something from it. I've, you know, I tend to only hear good feedback on it. So, um, yeah, I'm just really happy that this is continuing. And I'm excited to see where it goes by next year. Yeah, and on that note, thank you guys so much for listening to the pod. Um, quick plug. Um, so um, yeah if you do enjoy the pod uh, and you know you want to keep it going like we love those ratings and reviews so please rate it five out of five if you can and just write us a little review that's really really helpful but until next time thank you ace for being part of the pod yeah thank you michael happy one year anniversary okay till next time